pray with me. Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Today I'll be delivering part two of our series entitled Love in Action. And this week I'll be looking at the second part of Yeshua's exhortation and his masterfully broken down summation of Torah. Last week I said that I perceive that the consensus in the world today is that religion is not very compelling. However, love is compelling and love toward our neighbor is almost foreign in our world today. And unfortunately, it is not always present within the kingdom of God. And that is a contributing factor as to why those outside the Kehillah are uninterested because they see the same strife and discord within the body of believers as they do without. This should be concerning to you if you care about the kingdom of God and truly share God's heart to seek and save the lost. That should be a concern, right? And so today we're going to be talking about loving others as Yeshua would have us to do. Last week we concluded that there are not many people looking for religion, but everyone is looking for love. Therefore, we cannot merely deliver a spoken message of love, but must show love in our actions. And if we do this, we might have an opportunity to impact the world around us for Messiah. Amen? And that's a good thing, because God wants, we are his hands, in essence. We are an extension of the heart of God to touch folks with his great love. And, you know, I wouldn't classify God as a needy person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but he needs us to be an extension of the love of Messiah. So in our text in Matthew, Yahoo chapter 22, they came to him, they said, Rabbi, which of the mitzvot in the Torah is the most important? And he told him, you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the greatest and most important mitzvah. And the second is similar to it. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the Torah and the prophets are dependent on these two mitzvot. Wow. Drop the mic, Yeshua. You know? I mean, that sums up all the Torah and the prophets in one sentence. You try doing that. <laughs> you know? Um, that's powerful. And I don't believe that I mentioned it last week, but that passage is directly out of the Torah. The summation given by Yeshua is from two places in Scripture, Devarim 6.5 and Vayikra 19.18, Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus chapter 19. And this sentiment from the heart of God, right, to love him, and to love our neighbor is been and has been established for 3,500 years. God has been trying to communicate that to us, that we are, as the community of human beings on the planet, yes, starting first with Israel, we are to be those people that love him with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And then... That is to spill over to loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. 3,500 years, that message hasn't changed. Yeshua came 2,000 years ago and doubled down on that message. And he sent that out a body of believers and communities of believers all over the globe with that message. So it's important, right, that we can conclude that God cares about. He didn't let it drop when Yeshua came. He didn't say, okay, now we don't need it because the Messiah came. No, he doubled down on it. Now that I'm here, let me tell you what needs to take place. Remember when I told you way back when, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? Well, I'm doubling down on that today 
and I'm going to empower you by my Ruach to accomplish that. And that's really the good news, is that through the Ruach HaKodesh, we can accomplish that. Yeshua's name, amen? So let's talk about it. John Piper said this, love your neighbor as yourself, because we're going to focus this week on that aspect to it, because before I go any further, let me say this. I hope that between you and God, you're sorting out that first part of the, the mitzvah. Because I'll tell you what, there is, you must and I must, as a believer in the living God, experience his love, right? Because we love God because he first loved us, right? So we must first experience that great love of God and then love God back. That is number one. And as a believer, you cannot pass that one. You can't go any further than that. That's like 101. You can't go to those 200 levels until you get the first one completed. And I want to encourage you to get that nailed down. You need to, on a regular basis, experience God's great love. And then love him back. See, once... Isn't it true? Once someone loves you, it's easy to love them back, right? Isn't it easy, kind of? You know, it's not really too terribly difficult once someone showers some awesome loves on you. Like, when's the last time someone really showered love on you and you went like, oh, wow, get away from me. It doesn't happen. Even if you're crabby and cranky and someone showers loves on you, it usually softens the heart. And so when we experience, hear that word, and I want you to experience God's great love and then express it back to him. So I hope you're nailing that down in your life on a regular basis. You know, you know, I love, you love the folks that say, yeah, well, back in 1942, I experienced God in a profound way. And that's a wonderful thing, by the way. I'm not making light of that. But it shouldn't be just in 1942. It should be yesterday, today, and tomorrow that we experience God's great love. Isn't that like that would be like the crime of the century? That God's great love is there to be had. I mean, I'm not talking about the love of a, of a spouse or the love of a friend. Or, right? We're talking about the love of God is available to us. Wouldn't that be a crime if we didn't receive that love? That he's pouring out on a continually, everyday basis. He's pouring it out. It would be such a shame to miss out on what God is freely giving. Back to our text. So, Love your neighbor as yourself is a very radical command. What I mean by radical is this. It cuts to the root of our sinfulness and exposes it, and by God's grace, severs it. The root of our sinfulness, hear this, is the desire for our own happiness apart from God. Say that. The desire for our own happiness apart from God and apart from the happiness of others in God. In other words, sinfulness is all about personal happiness with no concern for God or others. While love of neighbor is the exact opposite of that, and God encourages us to love our neighbor, not himself. So once we have received the love of God, we naturally respond, like I said. And if it's real and genuine, that transaction will have an effect on how we are able to interact with others. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. And I know it's true because it impacts my life every day. So, I said last week that our love for God is rooted in the fact that we first received his. And in this section, we find that we can only love others. So if our love for God is based on his love for us, 
then our love for others is only based when we recognize that we do love ourselves. Because it says to love others like you love yourself. And I see the shock on your face. <laughs> and the first thing I want to tell you is that loving yourself comes naturally. I know, you want to be spiritual and say, no, it doesn't, Rabbi. <laughs> I only love others. Well, it, it kind of does. Um, God does not want us to walk around beating ourselves up, being self-loathing, apologizing for every blessing, or feeling guilty that we have been born anew into God's kingdom and are part of the family of God. God wants us to have a healthy love for who he created us to be. The truth is, you're special. I can't control that. God made you special. And God loves you. And if you're honest, you love yourself. And you should. This is evidenced in how inherent this is demonstrated by humankind. According to one article I read, Yeshua says in effect, hear this, I start with your inborn, deep, defining human trait, your love for yourself. This is a given. I don't command it, I assume it. All of you have a powerful instinct of self-preservation and self-fulfillment. You all want to be happy. You all want to love and to live with satisfaction. You want food for yourself. You want clothes for yourself. You want a place to live for yourself. You want protection from violence against yourself. You want meaningful or pleasant activity to fill your days. You want some friends to like you and spend time with you. You want your life to count in some meaningful way. All this is self-love. Self-love is the deep longing to diminish pain and increase happiness. Don't we do that every single day of our lives? That's what Yeshua means when he says, as yourself. All those things that you do for yourself kind of by automatic pilot, that's what he means, love your neighbor as yourself. Everyone without exception has this human trait. This is what moves us to do this or that. It is okay to acknowledge this truth, however, we should not stop here. And here's the, the key. Yeshua used this to orientate us so that we could understand what it means to love others. Because now we're orientated, we know, oh yeah, I do all those things. I take care of myself, I try to avoid pain and live a happy life. That's what I kind of do. Well, that's what it is to love others. So let me tell you a quick story. Two hikers were walking through the woods and they suddenly confronted a giant bear. And immediately one of the men took off his boots, pulled out a pair of track shoes and began putting them on. What are you doing, cried his companion. We can't outrun that bear, even with jogging shoes. Who cares about the bear, the first hiker replied. All I have to worry about is outrunning you. <laughs> and well, well, what this illustrates is the exact opposite <laughs> of what godly self-love should look like. See, this is what community is all about and what is being and what being a part of a community is supposed to teach us and instill in us that we are in this together and just like I want to survive the bear I want you to survive the bear and just like I want to be blessed I should want you to be blessed amen and if I'm a business person just like I want to make some money I should want you to make some money Self-love should help motivate us toward this way of thinking, that I want to win, but I want you to win too. 
Right? That's loving your neighbor as yourself. Corrupted flesh only cares if it survives or if it's blessed or if it makes money. This is not the love of God manifesting toward others. As a matter of fact, this is addressed by Yochanan as he writes in his first letter, and let's read from Yochanan Olive chapter 2. It says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Well, it's easy if I'm only thinking about getting ahead of life for myself, even to the point that I do it at the expense of others. And if that's the way I conduct my life, in essence, that's hatred toward other people. If we think of life in terms of winning and losing, it's likely that we need God to reform our ways. Instead of I win and you lose, how about we both win? Right? How about we're both happy? How about we're both blessed? Both encouraged. Amen? Therefore, to love your neighbor as yourself is to love with actions. Go to... Um, Yochanan Olive, chapter 3, verse 10, it says this. Here is how one can distinguish clearly between God's children and the adversaries. So the, the word of God has given us, hey, this is how you can tell. This is how you can tell the kingdom of God and the people who populate that kingdom and the people who are not from God. And it's pretty kind of simple. Everyone who does not continue doing what is right not from God. That's pretty easy, right? Likewise, anyone who fails to keep loving his brother, not from God. Okay. Verse 11, for this is the message which you have heard from the beginning. In other words, this is Yeshua's message. This is basic. This is the, the very first thing that Yeshua leaves us and we're talking about, right? Love God, love your neighbor. That we should love each other and not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his own brother from jealousy. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be amazed, brothers, if the world hates you. We, for our part, know that we have passed from death to life because we keep loving the brothers. This is how we know that what we have going on is real, is that we have love for God's people, for our neighbor. The person who fails to keep on loving is still under the power of death. In other words, it hasn't really clicked. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. The way that we have come to know love is through his having laid down his life for us. A demonstration that God did went through great lengths, made great sacrifices so we could have his life and experience his love. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If someone has worldly possessions and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how could he be loving God? Children, let us love not with words and talk, but with actions, hear this, and in reality. If you could love with words alone, politicians would be the most lovable people on the planet, wouldn't they? They tell you everything you want to hear. You want it, you got it. They'll kiss your baby. They'll say anything they need to say, but it's not 
backed up with action, right? And so it's not just about the words we say or the songs we sing or the material we, re we read in the Bible. It's about our life. It's about reality. How does that come out of us? What comes out of us? And if you're married, you should be experiencing that every day of your life, right? That relationship of love. So, the article I was reading put it this way. Hear this. Yeshua commands us, as you love yourself, so love your neighbor. Which means, as you long for food when you're hungry, so long to feed your neighbor when he is hungry. As you long for nice clothes for yourself, so long for nice clothes for your neighbor. As you work for a comfortable place to live, so desire a comfortable place to live for your neighbor. As you seek to be safe and secure from calamity and violence, so seek comfort and security for your neighbor. As you want your life to count and be significant, so desire that same significance for your neighbor. As you work to make good grades for yourself, so work to help your neighbor make good grades. As you like to be welcomed into strange company, so welcome your neighbor into strange company. As you would that men would do to you, do so to them. In other words, make your self-seeking the measure of your self-giving. Hear that? That's really good. Make your self-seeking, the things you're looking for in your life, the measure of your self-giving. Let the things you seek for yourself be the things you look to give to others. That's pretty simple, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. He goes on to say, when Yeshua says, love your neighbor as yourself, the word as is very radical. Love your neighbor as. So, here's a little poem I found. I'm going to show you a video. Not yet. Here's a little, get geared up. That's, that's your cue. <laughs> to answer what does love look like, we need to ponder where love exists. Where does this cherished treasure choose to breed within romantic hearts or fighters' fists? Let's not confuse with passion like a fool. Consider how it manifests its grace, for some may never share this precious jewel while others see its work upon a face. A person or their deeds are tantamount to tally up the tenderness and care which magnifies and threatens to surmount capacities within we hope to share. So what does love look like throughout my life? The faces of my family, friends, my daughter, and my wife. What does the face of love look like? Others. How you treat others, how I treat others. That's what love looks like. And you can't fake it. And you'll see in this video clip what I mean. Go ahead and roll the footage. <laughs> Down. Guys, we need sound. So you. Take a second, figure it out, and start it from the beginning. Sound's got to be on the computer.
All right, which Ryan? Looks good. <laughs> right, well, it's really good. <laughs> but let me tell you the long and short of the story. Taylor was coming home from work one day. There was a, a homeless person there. And he had just got fired. And he truly had no money on him. And she asked for money. And he said, I don't have any. And she says, I sure hope that's true. And he went home and that stuck with him. And the very next day, he got a job. So with that job, he befriended her, and he took her out for Chinese food. <laughs> they shared a meal together. And after that, they went to Target, and he bought her some things. And where she was living on the street, she then moved into a uh, shelter. And their relationship continued, and um, she then moved into a little bit better housing situation, and uh, then he lost his job that he had gotten. Then she started bringing him groceries, and um, it touched his heart, and he eventually got a job again, and continued to pour into this woman, and you could see this woman just go from your average person on the street who looks down and out to someone who's living and functioning and experiencing the love of God through another. And that one person touched one life and transformed it. Nothing big, a meal, a few tchotchkes, Owls and wash cords and shoes and so on and so forth. And it transforms someone's life. A touch from another human being who had the heart of God living in them and more importantly flowing through them. I thought as I watched that about the women that we touched when we made bags for them upstairs. And we put just little tchotchkes, shampoo, and this and that, and all the little things that we made to ship over to them. These are people that had nothing. Can you imagine when's the last time you were excited by a bottle of shampoo? Right? But they were. And so, we're talking about what love looks like. That's what it looks like. It looks like that person in that video being touched by God's love through someone else. That's what it really looks like. It's not just, oh, you know, you know the stuff we say to folks. Listen, there's nothing wrong with saying things as long as we're living things. You know what I mean? And it's about getting out of our comfort zone and doing something for someone else. So what does love look like? Love looks like the purposeful acts of kindness that people do toward others. Hear the word purposeful. The purposeful acts of kindness that people do toward others. Sometimes it involves going out of your way to do something for someone that others refuse to help like her. Let me show you a story from the scripture in Matthew chapter 8. Yeshua came down from the mountain. You know, think about that. Yeshua came down from the mountain where he had this powerful religious experience with God. 
He was in the very presence of the Father. The Messiah comes down the mountain. Man, this is powerful. He's triumphant. He is the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Right? So Yeshua comes down the mountain and he was followed by large crowds. The entourage was behind Yeshua. He's important. Suddenly a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Yeshua. He said, Lord, you have the power to make me well if you only wanted to. Love this. Yeshua put his hand on the man. Significant. He wasn't just a man. He was a man with leprosy. Yeshua put his man, his hand on the man with leprosy. And no one's supposed to touch or even be near. Yeshua took his hand and went right to where he lives on the leprosy. And he said this, I want to. Three simple words. You could heal me if you wanted to. Said Yeshua. Now you are well. At once the man's leprosy disappeared. Yeshua told him, Don't tell anyone about this, but go and show the Kohen that you are well, and then take a gift to the temple just as Moshe commanded, and everyone will know that you have been healed. So here's my question for us. Where's the leper we'll touch? Where's the leper that you will touch? And that I will touch? Like the fell in the video you didn't get to see would touch. Someone undesirable. Who's the leper you will touch? Good question, right? I want to tell you people out there that need to So love looks like the purposeful acts of kindness that people do towards others. Love is giving time to listen to others. Matthew Yahoo 19, but Yeshua said, let the children come to me and don't try to stop them. People who are like these children belong to God's kingdom. Children in the first century weren't, you know, um, made over like we do with children today. Children in the first century were not highly esteemed in the eyes of society. Children should be seen and not heard. Children, children are secondary. The people that shouldn't be listened to, Yeshua said, no, 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 no. Let them come. I want to hear what they have to say. The Talmudim was saying, come on, Yeshua, we got real business to take care of here. We got a kingdom to get going, and we don't need to be bogged down by these children. And Yeshua said, you're wrong. Let them come. I want to interact with them. I want to hear from them. Someone in your life needs a listening ear. Love is giving time to listen to them. Another thing love is, love is gracious and love covers. It says in Kepha Aleph chapter four and eight, above all, keep your love for one another constant for love covers a multitude of sins. Love gives the benefit of the doubt to others. Love doesn't throw someone under the bus. Love says, it's okay. Can't tell you how many times in counseling, you know, and uh, when I say counseling, 
We're not professional counselors, but we give biblical counseling. We'll always tell folks, you know, that, you know, we have to learn to forgive others. We have to be gracious. You know, I can't tell you that it's just about almost every time, if not every time in counseling, when there's conflict, and you're hearing things that are two and three and four and 10 years old between folks. Issues that are alive as if they happened that morning. Love covers sin. And once forgiveness, right, has taken place and been exchanged, I'm sorry, I forgive you, okay? It need, love then should cover. It shouldn't be alive and active 12, 15, 20 years later in someone's heart. And this is what the scripture says. Let love be constant. Let love be constant. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Listen, if you live in this world for an hour, you'll be offended. <laughs> it's true. Doesn't take long. Have your breakfast. Brush your teeth. Get in your car. It's all good so far. Because you're by yourself. <laughs> Go into work and meet someone. It won't take but an hour before you're potentially offended. Love covers. Love is sacrificing for someone else. Say sacrifice. It's not a word that we're kind of, kind of really comfortable with, really. We don't like to sacrifice. But yet that's what love is. Now, if you're married, you should be well acquainted with sacrifice. And I'm serious. You should be well acquainted with sacrifice. Because it is a relationship of love. Therefore, it's a relationship that involves sacrifice. I could tell you the truth that... I'm called upon every week to sacrifice. <laughs> no doubt. And so is my wife. Greatly. It's love. That's why when you have a close relationship with someone, that's why it gets tighter and tighter and tighter because you have sacrificed for them and they have sacrificed for you. That's why we love God. He sacrificed for us. What a great sacrifice. And so we sacrifice for him. Sacrifice is proof positive. It is part of the equation in love. What's love without sacrifice? Is love convenience? No, God was inconvenience to step out of time, right? Step out of eternity and step into time and put on the cloak of a physical body sacrificed for us. For love, he loved us enough to sacrifice himself. And that's what the scripture says. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. We're talking about loving with our actions. Loving, you know, again, let me tell you this that the world isn't compelled with religiosity, with religious form. Religious people like it. And religious form, it is useful. It's a way to connect to God. And if you, right, we find connection to God through some of the forms we practice. 
Hopefully all of them. But, you know, everyone has their likes and dislikes. But that doesn't touch people. Form doesn't touch people. What touches people is love. You know, is that true? If you're supervising people and you give them a, a, a list of rules and say, do this. Okay? Already, right? If, I, if you worked for me this afternoon, and you came around Michael, you made, here's a list, do it. Okay? What's wrong with him? <laughs> right? You might say, what's wrong with that guy? Get up on the wrong side of the bed. What did he drink? Something wrong with him, right? Because you wouldn't expect that. But if I say, hey, hey, come on in. There's some things I need to get done, and could you help me out? And you're another human being, so I love you. <laughs> um, we work to see this happen. Totally different vibe, right? Coming through a heart of love. The people we contact every day need to receive God's love through our lives. I mean, it shouldn't be, have to be said, but it needs to start with our family. Then it needs to spill out, not just for our family, because, you know, Yeshua said, it's easy to love those who love you, correct? Like I said, it's easy. It's really hard not to love back. When someone's showering you with love, feels so good, you kind of love them back. But how about to the person who is not loving you? Maybe even hating you. Or maybe even mean to you or unfair to you. Those are the people we're to show love to. And that can only happen as we encounter God's love for ourselves. Amen? Let me give you the last thing, and we're going to close with this. And this is the most important, really. Love is sharing the good news with others. You know, there's something that I say to when I, if you put me in front of a, uh, a Gentile audience that I sometimes get the opportunity to do and talk about Jewish ministry and Jewish folks and Jewish concerns and Jewish outreach and things like that, I always leave them with this. One of the most anti-Semitic things you could do is withhold the gospel from a Jewish person. Yeah, you know, and there's people in the, the, the Christian world that try to tell, no, you don't need to reach Jewish people. They have their own way. Yeah, they have their own way. It's the same way you have. <laughs> and it's through the same Messiah. And it's through the same love of God. And what a crime that is if we don't share that with Jewish people. Now, sure, we need to do that in a sensitive way, but we need to share the good news. Well, if we're going to love people, we need to share the good news with them. It's the best and deepest, the most effective way to show love for someone. It says, you know, the scripture, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And then he told them, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Where? Everyone. Everyone. That means that is to be something I carry with me everywhere I go. In every crevice and corner of the world I go. Into my office or into the store or into wherever. The good news is to come with me and be shared. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Yehudi first and also to the Greek, for all people. No exception. This is the love of God to everyone. God wants us to take that message because all the things we talked about for the past two weeks, talked about 
receiving God's love, awesome. You know, God has the uncanny ability to make you to cry on a dime. Right? When one little touch from heaven can melt your heart right? and just touch you in ways that all the words and all the people and all the interactions never can. And then we love him back, but it's not complete. And we're only half-baked as believers if we never take that love that we experience from God and share that with everyone else. Matter of fact, I'm not taking testimonies from the people in your life, but I should be able to talk to everyone that's in your life they should have those wonderful testimonies about the love of God that they experienced through you. That should be, right? Because that's what the scripture says. Believers do. We love God and we love others. So everyone in our lives should say, be able to say that they experienced the love of God through us. So I, this is my exhortation to you. Don't be afraid to let the love of God flow through you. You know, I know sometimes in our society, people might think it's a little weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, if, you know, we're New Yorkers, you know. We don't do that, you know, whatever it is. Um, but people respond to God's love. If we would have saw that video, you would have saw a woman transformed by the love of God. Through simple things, basic things, really inexpensive things. In other words, it didn't take a lot for that young man to share love with this woman and see her life transformed. It took actually very little. It just took letting the door of his heart open and the love of God out. That's what we're asking for today. That's what this message is about. That Yeshua sums up the Torah and the prophets in one sentence and says everything we're doing here on earth is about this. You want to sum up your life? If you want to sum up, why? Because Shlomo, right, the king of Israel, did it all, right, explored everything. And he said, I've done everything, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And I've concluded that what life is about is to fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. I love when people ask me, oh, I just, you know, every once in a while, it just works that way. Usually a young person, you know, what, what am I to do? What's the meaning of life? Oh, I have the answer. I don't have the answer to a lot of things, but I have an answer to that one. I know what the meaning of life is. I can show you what the meaning of life is. Fear God and keep his commandments. It's the whole duty. What are his commandments summed up for, you, for us in Yeshua's words? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbors. Simple as that. Talk about the master teacher. The Rabboni. Wow. He broke it down. If we could do two simple things in this world, watch out world. Watch out world. If we could do those two simple things. Amen? You could do it. <laughs> I know you can. I know you could do it. Because I've experienced your love. So I know you could do it. It's just... Allowing the Lord to flow through you. Amen. Being brave. Sometimes, you know, maybe not for Messiah, but to take your hand that's totally clean and put it on a leper, totally unclean. Take some courage. But he did it. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask Gary and Myrna to come. Um,
and we're going to just open up for a time of, Miles, you can put something on for us for prayer, and um, if you need prayer for anything. Listen, this is what we always say, we believe it. Now, if you came, made the effort, and you sat through the message, and you got yourself up early this morning, and you're here today, and you have something going on in your life, and you need a little help, a little prayer, why would you leave without getting someone to agree with you in prayer? Don't leave. Have someone come up and just agree with you for your need, for your concern, for your whatever's going on in your life, and we want to do that for you today. Um, if you don't need prayer and you're good to go and you're ready to charge out those doors and love the first person you see, that's good. <laughs> We're down with that too. So um, let's stand and uh, I'll say the ironic blessing and then the um, front will be open for prayer. Again, don't leave if you need it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace that surpasses understanding to guard your heart and mind in Messiah Yeshua. Father, bless your people. Heal them. Bless them. Encourage them. And Lord, help them to allow your love to flow through them to touch others. Amen. Amen. So.